0: You're listening to The Awesome Podcast Network.
1: This is 80's Revisited. I'm your producer, Jesse
0: Sedgley. And now your hosts, Daniel Santangelo and Trey Harris. Hey everybody, I'm calling for you on this new episode of 80s Revisited where we're talking about one of the greatest cult classics of all time, which I say often, but really we are talking about one of the greatest cult classics of all time. Of course, the original Evil Dead, Sam Raimi plus Bruce Campbell plus Evil Dead, things being resurrected in the cabin in the woods equals awesome mayhem, an amazing realistic special effects. <laughs> yeah, the best. In the world. So welcome everybody to your blast of the past on 80s Revisited. Of course, I'm one of your hosts, Troy McClure, a.k.a. Trey Harris.
1: <laughs> and the other, Daniel St. Angelo.
0: And with us as always is our producer, Jesse Sedgley.
1: What? No! Uh,
0: I guess Mark Wahlberg's selling in for him today. How's your mother, yeah. Mark? <laughs> anyway, yes everybody, of course. Uh, you'll be hearing this the week of the release of the remake of this very film that we're doing. And if you're any kind of fan of the podcast, I'm sure you've heard several of the times where I've gone on rants about how I hate, hate, hate any kind of remake, for the most part. The thing notwithstanding, is among some other ones that we've talked about before. What if you're wrong? I could be. I could be dead wrong. I could be evil dead wrong. Dead wrong. <laughs> but yeah, uh, one thing about, just a, as a disclaimer before we talk about this... Uh, of course I love the original Evil Dead which is go- probably goes without saying you probably could have guessed that if you listen to the podcast uh, but also the thing about this remake that's really setting it apart from you know another Texas Chainsaw remake or a Halloween remake Friday the 13th remake etc cetera, etc cetera, is that this one is done with the full cooperation and will and intent of both Bruce Campbell and Sam Raimi and the evil, the new Evil Dead is basically they're approaching it as this is the movie that they wanted to make originally Something that is genuinely terrifying. Now I'm sure people who I didn't see this movie, the original Evil Dead when it came out, because obviously it was 81, 83. Uh, but you know, seeing it as you were older, it's like it's com, you know, it's like watching uh, Jason the Argonauts. You know, almost it's just so cheesy, I guess, because you know, we grow up with Return of the Jedi and like really good effect movies, uh, at least in my case. And then you know, a few years later, when you're a little older and you happen to stumble upon Evil Dead, Evil Dead 2. You're just like, this is so great, but in a different way, in a cheesy way, but yeah, the New Evil Dead uh, looks really good first of all, if you've seen the trailer, uh, but it's not directed by Ramey. Uh i'm hopefully I'm hoping Campbell will have and maybe you will have some sort of cameo in it just for for old time's sake, but uh the intent of this remake is that it's what they want to do, something that is genuinely terrifying, which of course, the original didn't quite come out that way <laughs> as we're about to talk about. Uh, of course, Daniel. This was a a virgin viewing for you, a true yep. virgin viewing. You've never seen Evil Dead. You've heard, have, you, have you heard about it? I assume. Or
1: I've heard about it. Yeah. Maybe Before it, the remake yeah. was announced, or mm-hmm.
0: you know, one, that's like kind of like yeah, I yeah. know that movie. It's one of those bad movies. It's good and cult movie, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, awesome. And you'd be right, uh, but let's get on to it. The nitty gritty of the Evil Dead. Uh, it was originally released limited, like its original theatrical run was October fifteenth, nineteen eighty one, but. It also was re released in 83 because it became such a big underground thing and not a lot of people had seen it or heard about it. Kind of sort of like, in a sense, kind of what happened with Rocky Horror, limited release, and then it kind of blew up a little bit. Uh, so it was, caused a lot of confusion when I was researching this because I think IMDb said 81 and then Box Office Report said 83. Wikipedia had like a bit of both dates mixed in. So we're calling it originally 1981, but then. The bigger, wider release, 83. So, with that in mind, IMDb, 7.6. Pretty damn good for Internet Movie Database. Rotten Tomatoes, 100% fresh. What? Now, of course, you know, it's an aggregate of a lot of reviews, and I doubt, I didn't read every review. I just kind of scanned to see, and everybody's like, oh, it's great, it's blah, 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 blah. Uh, I assume those are probably reviews made in a post-cult classic <laughs> environment. Not so much a this movie just came out and this is a actual review from the time. I'm not sure I'm going to read a review like I said. Uh, but as we mentioned before, directed and written by Sam Raimi. Of course, most recently Oz in the Spider-Man trilogy. Uh, he also did the Billy Bob, Bill Paxton movie A Simple Plan. He did the Kevin Costner baseball movie for Love of the Game. Uh, Drag Me to Hell was another one of his recent ones. Uh, yeah, kind I of a return see. to true form, so to speak. In the, in, in, theater. The, in the horror genre. Uh, I, I have a huge respect for Sam Raimi and in one particular aspect, and that's in the fact that, uh, well, I gotta tell the whole story first. Uh, I came to this franchise with Evil Dead 2. A friend of mine, Larry Javanko, I mentioned before on the podcast, who works at the theater that hooks me up with free movies and shit. Uh, he had Evil Dead 2 on VHS, like recorded off Showtime or one of those random channels. And we were spending the night in his house. And he's like, "Dude, we have to, we gotta watch this movie. I hear it's really scary." His mom recorded it or something I don't think he had seen it until then, or maybe he had. I don't remember. But me, him, and my other friend Jason, who I mentioned on the podcast before, we all watched it. And from that moment, our lives were changed when we watched Evil Dead 2. It was... Of course, I'm getting to Evil Dead. Uh, But that was my introduction to the franchise. And we were just... It became our favorite movie. We watched it repeatedly because it's so simply cheesy and terrifying and funny. And it's all these aspects in one movie. Uh, Heavily influenced my life at that point because that was sort of when... Oh, dude! Your your dad has a video camera, and then we'd get the video camera. We'd go make an Evil Dead, like in a sense. We ours was called Evil Beaver. We had a little fake that. raccoon thing. It wasn't yeah. even a beaver, but we called it Evil Beaver, and it killed, went around killing people because it was possessed by the devil. But uh, even if uh, stylistically, you could you could see five minutes of a Sam Raimi movie like that's a Sam Raimi movie. I mean, he pretty much pioneered to great effect the POV shots. He wasn't the first one to do it, but that's almost a trademark of him is those, those POVs of random-ass objects and then also the, uh... I call it the side whooshing shot where, like, there's something in the foreground they just the camera's just moving to show that, like, the, uh... Well, I'm talking about part two, but the scene that escapes me uh, from part one, but, you know, where something's in the foreground being thrown or shot out of something and then, it, you know, it's just the background showing the movement, but you can tell the object's just not moving. almost superimposed, I guess. But... Uh, yeah, and then of course, I'll never forget the day, I'm I'm mowing my yard, and my friend Jason again runs up to me, he's like, drag, drive!" like what? I'm like, what's going on, dude? He's like, so like, he's feverishly sweating, his eyes are wide, I'm like, what's going on? He's like, Evil Dead 3, Evil Dead 3, I'm like, what, are you kidding me? No way. And he held up a comic book, and on the back of it was the uh, full page ad for Army of Darkness, which Army of Darkness is Evil Dead 3, uh, and of course we were confused at first, I'm like, "What well, it's called Army of Darkness, but look, it's 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 Ash, he's got the chainsaw hand, it's everything from the, the end of the Evil Dead 2, and we were ecstatic. And then uh, it like played for like a week in the theater around here. I didn't get to see in the theater. But then uh, the greatest piece of serendipity in my life happened. There was a free stars preview weekend, and one of the movies premiering during that preview weekend was Army of Darkness. So we made sure he recorded, I recorded. We didn't miss the chance to, to watch it, and we watched it. And on, back then on the preview weekends, they would have the big black bar at the bottom of the screen the whole time, like, call to order. Right. Order stars. They would like fade out but then come back. You know, So that was the copy of Army of Darkness we had for years until we finally got, actually got a VHS and of course a DVD and Blu-ray, et cetera, et cetera. And then it wasn't until after that to where we finally found a copy of the original Evil Dead to watch and that was just like, wow, this is... You know, having been introduced to the series <laughs> with two and three, you're like, this is not like the other two <laughs> in a big way. I mean, in, in a big way it is and a big way it isn't. Thematically... But you could tell in this one, in the original, they're trying to have that horror aspect. And it's pretty terrifying, when the situation and the things that are happening. But they're presented in almost a, a children's book manner, if that makes any sense. It's all just so ridiculous mm. in how it's presented and acted and everything. But yeah, um, like I said, I have a huge respect for Sam Raimi because in my limited home movie career, he influenced me more than any other director. Just because we, we re- replicated those shots running, holding the camera... Into people's faces and like things attacking them, and it the POV shots hugely, huge, huge influence on me as a home movie director.
1: <laughs> Ours is the one that kind of influenced us, is so much different. Like me and Matt, Michael was Blair Witch that started our little that influence.
0: I mean, there was, mm-hmm. I mean, that was a hugely influential like it or hate it. I mean, that's when we started making
1: our little films. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Everybody has that movie that. Yeah. And then like, but the thing that about Evil that too, it was it was magical between my group of friends at that time because at that point everybody wanted to make a movie. Yeah. Like and then again this is, you know, uh eighty nine, ninety to where home video cameras were, the shoulder mounted, you know, VHS in one side, close it <laughs> record type thing. So it was cumbersome, but I mean it was that was like it made our day to go out and make a movie. Like and, uh, and like I said we we had there's the Evil Dead trilogy and we had the Evil Beaver trilogy so I remember
1: I've watched a little bit of Evil Beaver maybe they'll end up on
0: YouTube one day I have them on DVD because I burned them when I worked at Shadow
1: I watched them all yeah, <laughs> you can
0: see I'm sure you can see the influence of course part two was influenced by Predator the storyline but that's for another time and another podcast the independent movie podcast <laughs> there you go <laughs> but uh, yeah of course starring and launching the career of one of the greatest actors of all time Bruce Campbell as Ashley Williams of course, he was in Army of Darkness. He did two cameos in Spider-Man One, Three, Three. his own movie with my name is Bruce. Uh, awesome turn in Bubba Hotep, which was directed by last week's director Don Coscarelli. And uh, he had the he has the last scene in Darkman with Liam Neeson. That was another Samurai movie, actually, by the way. Mm. Uh, just I don't know if you've seen Darkman or not, but uh-uh. he's badly burned, so he, he creates these skin masks mm. to like they look real, because like they're gonna be in daylight for like 50 minutes or something. So he always has a timer, and his face starts melting. Yeah, see it's an awesome movie. Anyway, but like the last mask he puts on in the movie when he looks back at the chick is it's Bruce Campbell looking back at you. It's just badass. <laughs> Liam Neeson to Bruce Campbell. It's amazing. They should be in a movie together, like Good Cop Bad Cop. Taking Liam Neeson the hard boiled, you know, cop, and then Bruce Campbell's like the cocky. Yeah, I can get this guy. Kind of thing. Whatever. It'd be entertaining. And the rest of the nobodies in the movie, uh, Ellen Sandweiss uh, was Cheryl. She was also My Name is Bruce, and she actually has a small role in Evil Dead Remake. Don't know what it is because it hasn't out yet. Uh, Richard de Manicour played Scott, the jackass. He was in some other movie called Crime Wave, which nobody's ever seen. Uh, Betsy Baker was Linda, uh, and then Teresa Tilly was Shelley. Now, the cool thing, I didn't know this when I saw Oz, but all three of the women were at a part in Oz, Mm-hmm. I don't think they had a mm-hmm. speaking I don't think it was an actual speaking it might have been like a one line thing they're all called like snoodling woman or something number one two and three something like that so they were in it you know which is all I, like how, I love how Sam Raimi quadling there you go but he uses like the same people even after all this time you know these three women that he put through hell making this movie He put them in Oz so of course they didn't have a big role but hey you're still working it's a paycheck buddy (laughs) but uh yeah I kind of went on I already told like my take on the movie or anything I absolutely love it it's definitely different from the the next the two the following two installments
1: in the franchise makes me look forward to it
0: but you can uh, you can definitely see what they were trying to do but it also as like you know one that was influenced by this movie so much and the series uh, to make their own movies it's it's really it's a beautiful movie as to what you can do with a limited budget even back then because you know everybody talks about you know a, a more common example would be Kevin Smith with Clerks how he sold his comic book collection he maxed out his credit cards well in 83, Sam Raimi and Bruce Campbell did that same thing to make Evil Dead uh, and I mean you know Kevin no, I'm not knocking Kevin Smith, I love him to death but you know he's making Jay and Silent or Clerks three Sam Raimi went on to Spider Man Oz and you know so which one's a little more influential in, or not I hate to say the term talented but I mean. Yeah. Deserves as much respect for you know going out and getting loans from friends and selling your car and working five jobs to finish making Evil Dead. Uh, did I already say the budget? I guess I did. Yeah, but three hundred seventy-five thousand estimated budget, which uh, they ran out of money, and that's why they really they, it was that much. That's the estimate. Yeah. I don't have. I, I doubt it was that much. Honestly, it was twenty-seven
1: thousand. Yeah, I really. <laughs> I mean,
0: there were, there were special effects for any kind of budget in this, even a shoestring budget, are pretty impressive. Uh, of course, you can see the you know the green screen, the wires, so to speak, the how it's done, the fake, you know, when it cuts from a real human to a fake human when an axe hits him on the head. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, oh yeah, I have to mention this one thing I love about Sam Raimi and Bruce Campbell is they love the Three Stooges, and it is so evident in this entire trilogy, from sound effects to slightly speeding up the film in certain aspects. It's very <laughs> Three Stooges, perfect example. In, in Evil Dead One, when they go over the bridge and the tire falls through. Bruce Campbell opens the door and he kind of looks straight. Not, he doesn't look down immediately. He kind of looks out and then he looks down. And he's like, ah! that is such a Three Stooges guy <laughs> where they'll be hanging off a cliff and like, eh! you know, Curly will look out and he'll look down like, eh! and he'll go back in the car. It's, <laughs> and it's so it's so obvious and especially the first two, the, uh, the Three Stooges references. And they love it so much when they uh, when they ran out of money, uh, the uh, the Three Chicks and the other dude, they couldn't hire him so they use they used the same term that the Three Stooges did which was fake, fake shimp which is now a common term well, even before them was a common term for the most part because uh, Shemp Howard died but they still had scenes of the shorts with the Three Stooges film with them so to finish those they just had a dude in a wig would always I'm facing away from the microphone to give dramatic emphasis away from the camera so you never saw his face thus he was a fake shimp yeah. and in, in every Sam Raimi there's usually a one or two fake shimps for of course any of that trilogy it's because they had to but he usually throws some other people in there just as a reference uh, just used, like his car. We use that technique yeah. a little bit. Mm-hmm. In Red X, <laughs> Daniel himself was a fake shimp. Yeah, yes, true. So, there you go. And I think your wife was a hand or something or was that you? Uh, I was, yeah. Yeah, so, fake shimping it up and Sedgley. Yeah, she fake. was too.
1: I even she killed somebody as a fake shimp.
0: <laughs> You're going to hell. Yeah. <laughs> Straight to hell. But Daniel, this is the first time you so saw yeah. this movie. First time ever. But before you say what you thought, what kind of expectations did you have? Were you kind of I mean, you saw the Evil Dead, the remake trailer already, I assume, or because we talked about it before. Not really. But I mean, you kind of had an, an idea going it's into it, what you thought it might be. Sort of. It kind
1: of reminded me, just recently, you know, a year or so ago, I watched Cabin in the Woods. Mm-hmm. Kind of, sort of, was like that. Mm-hmm. Of the basic premise. Yeah. I read the little, not tagline, but the little, little bitty synapses of it. Blurb. Yeah. So, I, before I started watching it, and that's what I knew, but I definitely didn't know about a woods <laughs> incident involving vines oh, yeah. and
0: the tree rape scene. Yeah. It's this movie's uh it's this movie's uh, restaurant scene as in Harry met Sally. Yeah. This is like that's one of the mm. scenes that you will that like that made it not made it famous totally but I mean it's one of like oh shit, See, yeah the I, movie where the tree you know
1: so yeah, rapes the woman. I don't remember hearing anything about that. Mm-hmm. So when I was watching I was like, "Nay." But she got up quickly. Yeah, and she's, she ran just tough. fine. She had yeah. a
0: branch, all you know. Who knows how far it went? <laughs> and she just got up and ran like nothing happened. So, maybe she was like the village bicycle.
1: Yeah. Who it was knows?
0: <laughs> but Daniel, what did you think of Sam Raimi's original Evil Dead?
1: If you keep talking about how like the second one and the third one are, you know, what you you know what you love and everything, I didn't think this movie was that bad. Mm-hmm. I don't um, think it's bad. I don't mean to come out I mean, saying it was it's bad, not, but... It's not. not How are the duck bad? <laughs> uh, I didn't like it. Didn't bother me. Like I wasn't like, oh god, I wish this thing would hurry up and finish. Mm-hmm. wasn't one of those. But uh, acting, of course, is laughable. <laughs> That's um, one of the call marks of this movie. Me... <laughs> and it's what It's also one of those immediate ones. That I was like, okay. That, right when they're in a the car at the beginning, I was like, which girl's going to show their boob? Like, like you know, it's one of those. Like you knew one was coming. But um uh, it it kinda got to the action pretty quickly. Yeah. And it did a it did a, a lot of the old uh when I was little reading the R. L. Stein things where... like goosebumps? Yeah, the goosebumps where it's like, Oh god, this thing appears and then it's like Bruce Campbell like just checking up on him. You know, it's <laughs> a lot of that at first. These yeah. little uh They're gag like, things. They looking at something, they grabbing an arm or it's yeah. like, Oh hey, what are you doing? Or the dude runs back up, you know, or opens the door or what you know, mm-hmm. just anything but I didn't think it was that bad. I, I, As opposed to some, it wasn't other. amazing, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, it it, it was average yeah. to me. That's what I would be. and to for that to be average and for you to talk about the way you're talking about two and Army of Darkness, I look forward to watching them.
0: Well, I would honestly, mm. I could probably say and in, in uh, without thinking about it too much and just saying it, pro- probably Evil Dead Two and Army of Darkness are probably my absolute favorite cult classic type movies. Yeah. Uh, those are the more two. More Labyrinth? Yeah. I mean, well, Labyrinth, it's a, it's a cult movie. It's also like, it's tied to your, it's like a childhood, yeah. you know, like Willow. It's, re- it's relevant in more than one way. But like, uh, if you probably go look at a book, like, I know they're out there because I've never seen them. Like, you know, the 50 greatest cult movies, blah, 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 blah. Evil Dead and Evil Dead 2 are always on there. And at least to me, because they're, they're, they're actually ones that I had to find, you know, it wasn't like, oh, I heard it's coming out and I went and watched it. It was, you know, I sort of stumbled onto it in that universe and, you know, oh, it's like almost like when, uh, I guess, I'm trying to think of a reference, or you hear a song or, uh, I guess, a modern reference would be, uh, you're on Pandora and you hear a song by somebody you've never heard before and the song just blows you away like you discovered it. Oh, I really like this group, blah, blah, blah. and Do it, or you, uh, I guess another reference would be, uh, somebody lets you, recommends a video game to you you've never heard of and you play and you're blown away. Like, oh, wow, I'm so glad (laughs) they recommended this game to me or whatever. So that that affects why I'm saying that because I found it like, and it was like I said this original one at least in our neck of the woods growing up was hard to find. I didn't see Evil Dead one and you know several years after I saw Evil Dead two, because Evil Dead two and Army they're making Army of Darkness so around that time you know, they're putting out oh we better make the originals more readily available on VHS and put them on TV or whatever. Uh, so that that's more so what I'm saying because i, I most of the movies we do on here are actually, for the most part, are in a ratio where mostly cult movies in some yeah. form or fashion, but a lot of them, in a sense, are cult movies because people are approaching our, you know, our, that grew up with them, we're getting older, and they're being remembered fondly, so they're becoming cult movies, as we speak almost, in a sense, uh, especially with the advent of, like, you know, new technologies like Blu-ray, like, you know, it was a huge deal that Willow was coming to Blu-ray, uh, and other kind of movies that... Like Disney, for example. I mean, Disney. Well, that's a bad example because they are kind of cult movies, because the Church of the Mouse, so to speak. But every time the new format comes out, you know, excuse me, you know, the Diamond Edition of Peter Pan just came out, so it's like, oh, you have to get it now. It's gone forever. Kind of thing. I don't like Peter Pan. I kept Hook. He's cool. He's one. Of, he's a mm, good villain. I don't, care for Peter Pan. I don't care for Peter Pan himself. I wish Hook would just kind of like kill him. One of my least favorite Disney.
1: Yeah, it's still good. That's you.
0: Anyway. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but. I think Evil Dead 2 is probably the most influential cult movie to me personally because of the impact it had and the aspect of of how I came across it. It wasn't like, dude, you need to watch this movie. It's called The Boondock Saints. It was more like, hey, let's check this out and discovering it for your own in a sense and not being led to it.
1: Mine was a video game one, Sui Mm Coden for the PlayStation. It was one of those I went my dad and I just wanted to play RPG we just got a PlayStation we got a game called Beyond the Beyond and a game Never called Coden, and that's one of my favorite series mm-hmm. fantastic game ain't had one in quite a while unfortunately yeah. Coden 1, 2, and 3 are really damn good
0: so as opposed mm-hmm. to some of the other horror movies we've done around this in the 80s like you know of course I know you love The Shining let's see we had Poltergeist, Monster Squad, Fly Ghostbusters doesn't technically count as a horror movie. Like, for this, in the intent of this question, of uh, the thing, how does it kind of rank among the other ones you've seen? Of course, I, I would assume it doesn't touch The Shining because you really like The yeah, Shining. The
1: Shining's still ahead. I mean, it wasn't anything where I was like, ah, good mm-hmm. smile on my face yeah. after it was finished. You know, it wasn't one of those, but I kind of liked it a little bit better than The Thing. Mm-hmm. the thing kind of bored me in certain parts yeah, that's uh, fine <laughs> thing's one of the best ones I, like ever pol- made, but... I like Poltergeist mm-hmm. thing's one of the best go, go ahead and finish it <laughs> <laughs> everybody knows what I was going to say yeah but, um, I mean, so, you mean, but overall your impression of this seeing it for the first time was like it's positive I mean you liked it I also knew the budget and I was like it, 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 for what they had to go through you know, the little bit amount of money and you telling me all this stuff you go through, I, thought, I thought it was a good
0: movie for that mm-hmm. definitely know? and it's something that you know when you see this before the the iPhone era of everybody has a video camera in their <laughs> pocket, you know, and you're like I said, you're using a over-the-shoulder VHS camcorder. And It's the sky was seemed like the limit, you know, to me after watching this and be like, oh, we could do, it, we could actually make this. In a sense, of course, we couldn't because we didn't, you know, we didn't have to pay hey, to have it blown up to uh, sixteen millimeter and all that other crap like they had to do and stuff like that. But my it gives hope.
1: Yeah, my thing with all the movies you give me to watch or whatnot is if i like them or if I, they're okay or so if i can watch them in one sitting unlike
0: <laughs> howard the dog? which took what three, three, Four.
1: and uh how
0: many it take for big trouble in little china
1: no i had to watch that because i had a busy day the <laughs> next day
0: <laughs> excuses one viewing
1: so, i did it in one but i took a lot of little intervals in between <laughs> bathroom break pause mm-hmm. Not uh, actually, stopping. Even, even well, I can't say that fully because I did take a little time to watch the uh, Back to the Future trilogy. Mm-hmm. That was because well, that's because that's a big
0: chunk of things to watch, though.
1: No, the main thing is that it was on my Xbox was broken at the time, oh, that's and right, it was yeah. on a flash drive, so I had to watch it on the uh, computer. computer. You remember, you even had to fix that one for yeah. me because it wasn't working. So I got that. That's the only reason with that. I had to get up, you know, help with the baby and all that. But yeah. I did Understandable. like, I like Back to the Future. Mm-hmm. We know. Mm-hmm. average movie mm-hmm. that's just, not bad
0: that's fine mm-hmm. Jesse you've seen this one I'm sure yeah so what, would you, what are your thoughts on the I original enjoyed it it was a long time ago that I saw yeah. it though but uh, yeah I remember renting this from Blockbuster <laughs> <laughs> I remember when we had since a, he's when, 17 that's when we got a Blockbuster in uh, Denim. I think it was the first one Denim Springs in Walker you had like two but then Blockbuster was the big one that had a lot of the Like movies that other stores didn't tend to have, like mom and pop stores didn't tend to have, and I think it was it was probably Blockbuster. We rented it for the first time. I would have if I had to remember. Movie Connection didn't have it. I don't remember.
1: You remember where I'm talking about? The brown kind of where the Patco was. Yeah, (laughs) Patco, Petco. (laughs) (laughs) Ha (laughs) ha! You did it this
0: time. I love it when you when you mispronounce (laughs) things. (laughs) I went to Video World a lot. I always wanted a donut shop. I always wanted to go to Major Video when I was a kid. because it was in Baton Rouge and we lived in Walker. Major Video. Yeah, it was always like a big deal. Like I they always had like they always had commercials like on the radio and everything. Like Major Video's got all your movie needs. Oh. Um, it was. It's ne- It used to be next to Gambino's off. Uh, of course, I'm Good sorry. Wood. Most of you people don't know what we're oh, talking about. Of course, about. yeah. But uh, <laughs> off of Goodwood, and my mom went to Gambino's one time to get some cake. Gambino's makes great cakes, by the way. If you're ever in Baton Rouge, go to Gambino's. Still there. Yeah, Gambino says major video, isn't? It? But it was right next door. I'm like, holy shit! Well, I'm thinking I didn't say that when Mom in the car. I'm thinking that like, Mom, I'm gonna go look in here while you get the cake. She's like, okay. I'm like, and it's just like it was like uh, it was like when Randall walks into the real video store <laughs> yeah. and clerks. I was like, you just know, to your knees. Yeah, it's like, oh my god! And like it's it stretched to infinity. It was it was just a huge <laughs> video store. I was just like, oh my god! Of course, we weren't members, so I couldn't rent anything. But I was just like, wow! I wish I was an adult and I could rent movies from here. I could see anything I want. Of course, back I'm then, I'm gonna come back here. in A
1: couple of years. <laughs> Get me a membership, and it goes down. And it goes down, yeah. just so weird. Like, go off on a little tangent. Go for it. What about, like, not life-changing moments, but like, in terms of video games, like, holy shit. Was it a blockbuster? It was me, Michael, and Matt. And Michael, Matt are my cousins. Uh, Michael's been on the podcast during the Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, we went to a blockbuster with his mom, and she was just, you know, looking at movies. And Star Fox 64 was, you could play it. That game was so damn good looking at the time. Like I was in awe of that game. Yeah, that I immediately got it because I had a sixty four. But just that whole look early on, it was amazing. Then when you get it and you see Slippy's voice and pisses you (laughs) (laughs) off, try uh, some assault with (laughs) Peppy. Anyway, had you know.
0: What was it called? Like Mode 7 graphics? No, that was the original Star Fox. Not the 64.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: The original one had like Mode 7 graphics. Whatever that meant. That game's just... just I, I played the first th- level over and over yeah. again. <laughs> it's just awesome, awesome
1: game. Good times. I don't want to play it again. Do no, barrel roll. I have it too. Is it on a uh, virtual console? No, but I got this, oh, I got a 64. And well, still, game. it's on a virtual yeah. console. Mm-hmm. You
0: just... Speaking of which I gotta get a classic controller because I was trying to play Metroid Super Metroid the other day and I don't have a classic controller. It's like you need it. Ha, ha. I was like dude <laughs> I couldn't even play Donkey Kong Country. I was like, Oh, I'll play Donkey Kong Country instead. You need the classic controller. I was so pissed off. I didn't go not pissed off enough to go buy one, but uh I always like on. Peppy
1: the most. Peppy. Besides Fox.
0: I'm okay.
1: <laughs> Falco was kind of a you wanted to bitch slap him. Well he all was the like the, the you
0: know, I'm as good as you Fox
1: mm-hmm. kind of character. I like, the roll. I, I like the level where you fight the first time you fight Star Wolf. Mm-hmm. That was a pretty fun level. I don't remember much. I mean, I remember this and then first had an level. Independence Day level. I remember the secret to go on the right somewhere up there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Cut that chatter red. He's, drive. Not, he's
1: not holding the A button. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell is he thinking? I Help me!
0: Help me! That's pretty much all Slippy's good for. Yeah. Drawing the enemy fire.
1: <laughs> Slippy's the uh, princess in video games.
0: You're yeah. <laughs> always saving him. Anyway,
1: yeah, we were talking about Blockbuster.
0: Which I think they still one around here
1: in Gonzales. I know there's still one I think in one in Walker's open, I thought.
0: I think it is, yeah. actually. Oh, wow. Well, you know, Walker's. Jeez. They'll they'll Everybody still yeah. have a video
1: store. <laughs> this.
0: But it's, yeah. it, it's like that South Park episode where they reference The Shining. You probably haven't seen it, Daniel. But Randy oh, yeah, buys yeah, the yeah. Blockbuster. <laughs> and then nobody comes. It becomes like the Overlook Hotel, the ghost (laughs) of the blockbuster. It's an awesome episode. You'd like it because it's relevant to this discussion but also it references The Shining, so it's great. But yeah, that's a a tribute for this one, there's a lot of really good stuff in here. Uh, But like I kind of mentioned before, after they finished the principal photography in the winter of 79 and 80, most of the actors left the production so there was still much of the film they needed to finish. So pretty much the reason most of the second half of the film is Bruce Campbell mostly and then bodies and people made up is because the other actors left. So a lot of like that heavy makeup when the, the chicks are... Like, especially mm-hmm. in the end where they just look like a, they look like they're wearing a mask. You would see their real eye under it and they got like a mask on. Uh, it's not even the same actors. Actresses. Usually actors. Huh. Uh, it was actually filmed in a real life abandoned cabin. And uh, they never disclosed the actual location where they filmed it because again, it's like a cult movie site. But the urban legends that the cabin has long since burned down or no longer there but the chimney's still there and they keep the location secret because people were, who figured it out would go and steal bricks from the chimney as like a <laughs> token of the, uh, of the Evil Dead set the Evil Dead cabin which would be pretty cool uh, you might have could have guessed this by looking at it but in the end when the zombies are, or the deadites are kind of melting that green crap that comes out of, like their arms and shit that's uh, cream corn
1: <laughs>
0: so I'll never delicious. eat cream corn again nothing I ever did to begin with but uh, this will go a lot older people like me will, will recognize this, but the voice of the professor on the tape was uh, that of uh, Bob Dorian. If you don't know who Bob Dorian is, he used to introduce all the movies on American movie classics when they actually showed classic American movies, like the black and white kind of things, like uh, you know, especially Kevin horror, horror thing, like the Wolfman and Frankenstein. he would always introduce them with give a little fun fact about them and you know about the production and all that. But that's him doing the voice of the professor on the tape. And uh, I mentioned like the you know, POV's are very unique and uh, almost like a signature of Sam Raimi, uh, but a lot of them they actually mounted the camera to a two by four, while Sam Raimi and Bruce Campbell would hold either side and run with it, <laughs> for like the you know the, the evil moving through the woods. <laughs> right. Sounded like an ATV. I mean, mm-hmm. when I remember watching Part Two and assuming like they just taped it to the front of an ATV or three wheeler, and they just kept the sound in of the three wheeler. was like <laughs> and uh, you'll see more of that, of course, in the sequels, Daniel. Including one extremely long single take shot that's really awesome. Uh, and similar to that, the opening sequence where the the evil is moving across the water and then goes up to the house and everything—they're actually in a boat. Or Amy was in a boat holding the uh, camera, and then Bruce Campbell was in the water pushing the boat slowly. Hmm. And as Daniel, I mean, we're talking off the podcast, but the camera kind of rises up, so you can't see the the boat kind of the waves kind of lap against the shore, and it gets out and it's back on land and starts moving again. But, uh, yeah, I mean, guerrilla filmmaking, practically. Mm-hmm. Getting the shots they need. I, I didn't know this, like, or, like, well, I knew his last name, but I didn't know, like, the original idea for the last name. But uh, it's never mentioned in the entire series. They never say, like, oh, hey, Ashley. Uh, Ashley Williams, which is his actual canonical name. Uh, but that's gonna the extended fiction, because it was a comic book series later on. He even fought the Marvel zombies in comic books. Uh, but Sam Raimi actually wanted to give his last name Holt, so his name would be Ash Holt, because that's what he thinks Ash is—an asshole. That's <laughs> so a not too subtle play on words, and you'll see more of the asshole Ash in the in the next two. So you get a better handle of the character, so to speak. Uh, and this was also one of the first films ever to be labeled as a video nasty in the UK. Uh, I'm sure you've heard of like how like uh, Tipper Gore in the '80s was trying to like to start the parental advisory sticker on music. Uh, and then, like, D. Schneider and Frank Zappa all, like, kind of protested against it and appealed to it in court. Uh, similar thing in the U.K., except it was about movies. And there was a list of, I think, originally, like, 12, 16 films, somewhere around there, that were called The Video Nasties. And that was basically movies that, NC-17 movies, for lack of a better word, like, children cannot have access to these. These need to be banned. These are terrible. But, uh, Evil Dead was one. Uh, some of the other, one, other ones of note that you might have heard of, uh, one is The Burning, which is basically Friday the 13th, except it's a dude with a... Like hedge clippers, and he kills like prostitutes and kids. Uh, cannibal Holocaust, which caused a lot of a huge stir when it came out. The big deal about that movie is that uh, it was sort of like a Blair Witch type thing. This these group go to film this cannibal tribe, but it shows like actual animals getting killed, uh, and then uh, uh, it, it it it's caused so much controversy because they thought at that time and period that's sort of like Blair Witch. A lot of people are like, oh, it is real. That really happened. That's really footage. A uh, similar thing with Cannibal Holocaust where the Italian government requested that the actors appear in court to prove that they weren't dead. Mm-hmm. Because they thought they were actually killed because of the the, foot, uh, the movie. Uh, of course, Faces of Death was on there. I'm sure you've heard of Faces yeah. of Death. Uh, the original I Spit on Your Grave was on there. Uh, and also the original Wes Craven Last House on the Left, which has since been remade into a steaming pile of shit. So, but those are some of the video nasty. <laughs> <laughs> For your history, your video history uh, lesson, and I thought this was pretty funny. Uh, in the scene where uh, Linda's possessed and trying to stab Ash with the knife, uh, or not the knife, the pencil. No, that was Cheryl. I'm sorry. What was it? Wasn't it a knife that she had. It was a, it. was the, it was the. It was the dagger. The evil like the skeleton yeah. dagger thing. Uh, she actually couldn't see because she had those white contact lenses in, so she was literally blind. So the danger was that Bruce Campbell was having to fend off a blind woman and, you know, literally having to dodge and, like, not get killed uh, for the most part. Uh, in the original script, they called for all the characters to actually smoke marijuana, similar to the platoon scene. Yeah. Uh, and much like that same scene, they did smoke before, and but they got so uncontrollable with their laughter and giggling that they couldn't even film the scene because they were all so heavily under the influence. Sort of a reverse of a different aspect of the platoon scene where they all smoked and then, they weren't even ready to film, so their high kind of bottomed out. Yeah. So, pretty funny. Uh, the blood in this movie is a combination of carrier syrup, non dairy creamer, and red food coloring. Uh, and this was pretty funny, too. At one point, as uh, obviously you've seen the movie, so you know, Bruce Campbell gets covered with blood repeatedly in the film. But at one point, and of course, they had to use the same wardrobe because they're you a know, shoestring budget. But his shirt got so covered with it at one point that it became so brittle, it cra- the shirt cracked because <laughs> over there's you know, it got wet they they didn't clean it they had to use it the next day excuse me to shoot and it literally just kush, solidified and broke which is pretty ridiculous yeah <laughs> you can eat it the German translation of this movie's title is Dance of the Devils good title not for like a movie about a cabin in the <laughs> woods like maybe if the devils you know it's a mixture of Xanadu and Evil Dead what they feel the
1: devil is <laughs> <laughs>
0: I guess <laughs> uh let me see. here. Oh, uh, in the scene where he's holding the chainsaw after he, uh, after his girlfriend actually kind of gets possessed and goes crazy, and he, he chains her down to the table, and he breaths up the chainsaw, he's actually really holding a real chainsaw that's revving right at her neck. And if you look really closely, and i I'll look for it because I read the trivia before, uh, I saw it, but you could see her pulse just, because the chainsaw's right by her, like she was... Mine would be too. I, I don't blame her. Uh, and then, uh, I mentioned before on the podcast, last time I was in Vegas, I wanted to see this, but the Evil Dead and in 2006, they made a Broadway musical out of it, and it was playing in Vegas when I was there last, but only on, like, I think I said Monday and Sunday, or, like, it was two days a week for some reason, and it wasn't the days we were available to go see it, so I missed out, but I'm always want, I've always wanted to see it, just to see what they do with it on a Broadway setting, probably pretty equal parts comedy, comical and interesting. And this was really cool too. Uh, Joel Cohen of the Cohen Brothers was the uh, assistant editor on the film. In fact, uh, the Cohens and Ramy and have all been kind of not uh, they're friends. Like they work, a lot, they do a lot for each other. Uh, so it's pretty, you know. And then Sam Ramy, of course, became the Cohens became famous, and Sam Raimi blew up. So it's always pretty interesting to see how, who knows who or who's actually mm-hmm. friends, growing up in, you know, reaching success simultaneously, so to speak. Uh, and this was really cool too, because if you actually, if you see the movie in a store now, usually you know they have a review on the cover. They usually always have the review that Stephen King gave it somewhere on the box, uh, and it's pretty much the reason that Stephen King loved this movie so much that there did eventually be any, become an Evil Dead two when it became it kind of blew up in a sense. Uh, and it, um, but it, of course Stephen King would his name when anything It's gold. Like if you're a horror film and Stephen King likes something, you're going to go watch it. You're going to go read it. Play it if it's a video game, whatever. But because of the response to just his, his review, New Line bought the like bought the franchise and everything, which then made it. Of course, they made Evil uh, Army Darkness, and I'm not sure if they're behind the new one or not. I'm not sure how those rights are running now. But uh, again, it was made on an estimated 350000 dollars budget. Uh, and when them, you know, many years later, when Raimi made Spider-Man Three, the budget for Spider-Man Three was three hundred and fifty million dollars. 1,000 times the budget of the original Evil Dead, the movie that started his career. <laughs> so, or at the time, it was the most expensive movie ever made. Spider-Man 3 was with that $350 million. Uh, so that's about it for the trivia. So lots of interesting stuff there. Of course, uh, a movie like this that's such a cult movie, there's usually a lot of cool stuff that went on in front and behind the camera. But uh, Body Count, pretty easy on this one.
1: There was five, and there ended up being one. So what's your guess, Daniel? Uh,
0: Ding, 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 ding. You are absolutely correct on the money. So good job figuring that out.
1: (laughs) Uh, Unless a a couple of bugs got stepped on or something.
0: I don't think they, yeah, (laughs) those don't count. Not for this one. Any any tree branches that got destroyed don't Mm. count either, you know, so. But yeah, in the real world, on October 15, 1981... This was interesting. The Wave was first led by Crazy George Henderson in Oakland during the seventh inning stretch of the ALCS between the A's and the Yankees. Now, uh, there is some controversy as to whether or not he's the originator of the Wave because it's been said that the Wave was done elsewhere before, but this is the first actual documented case of the Wave breaking out in a stadium. I so, bet he feels proud. I guess, I, I, that's, I, that's the only thing he could be known for because I don't know crazy who the hell Crazy George Henderson is <laughs> now. But now I do. I know, I know that he possibly was a creator of the we wave. Might get
1: a Jeopardy That
0: could Question. be. Although, my luck, Jeopardy will be like, we're sorry, it's so-and-so. Crazy George Henderson just thought he created the wave. <laughs> It'll be the other guy that claims that he did. Yeah, so, but that's what, Wikipedia said it. I trust Wikipedia as far as the creator of the wave goes. That's my story. I'm sticking to it. <laughs> so, uh, score-wise, let's go ahead and knock that out. What would you give the original Evil Dead?
1: Probably about a five and a half.
0: Five and a half. So yeah. I mean, it's a good score for you. A, like you said, it's an average score. Yeah. Basically, uh, I'd probably give it about an eight uh, for the original. Uh, not to sell the the two sequels or anything, but the score will drop dramatically for those two. For me personally, based on what I said earlier in the podcast. But yeah, uh, which leads us to now our Back to the Future segment, coming back from the '80s. We are done revisiting. Now we're visit revisiting. You know, two seconds ago. Uh, I want to just want to talk briefly about the Evil Dead Legacy. Uh, today because it's still relevant today obviously the remake's coming out at the end of this week as uh, when you're listening to this for the first time uh, you know so it's obviously it's all in a sense now not since i guess not since Well, actually i'll get into that in a second it's probably more popular now than it has ever been because of the hype of this remake with the you know the, the reaction trailer like oh god you know how, how terrifying and gory and you know the at the, the poster even says the most terrifying film you will ever experience which you know it, I can see you know it has a good chance as far as like what they're showing. Hopefully that's not all the stuff that's in the movie is in the trailer and not one of those movies. Uh, but of course, yeah. Uh, pretty much the big resurgence for the franchise came with Army of Darkness because that's usually most people probably don't know that Army of Darkness is the third part of a trilogy. Because again, it's you know it's it's not Evil Dead Three colon Army of Darkness or Rambo colon First Blood Part Two or you know, Army of Darkness colon Evil Dead Three. You have Evil Dead One, Evil Dead Two, Dead by Dawn, and you have Army of Darkness. You know, there's no, only people who can look at that that cover of that movie and see that it's Ash with the chainsaw for a hand know that that's Army of Darkness. I mean, or Evil, technically Evil Dead Three. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, like every comic book that came out around that time, Mark had a full page, uh, version of the poster, which is awesome. It's got Ash on the cover, which, uh, well, you'll see. you you I won't spoil the characters in it for you. Uh, but just all, you know, it's that painted art. Poster. It's not like you know, just floating heads over a logo. Just really, really cool. And every comic book had that ad in it, like for months around the release. And like I said, that's how we found out about it, and frothing at the mouth to see this movie, uh, that movie. And then a few years later, uh, maybe not a few, maybe like maybe five, six. I know. I think the first game came out for the PlayStation. Uh, I think it was just it might have been like Evil Dead: Hail to the King. But then that's when it started expanding into that genre. They made, they've had several video games. Evil Dead video games uh, even on iPhone I think there's two different ones I have one yeah the Army of Darkness Tower Defense which after you see the movie you'll appreciate that game so much more <laughs> uh, but that, that's definitely the best one I think of all the Evil Dead games that have come out that's my favorite the Tower Defense one uh, and there's another one it's like a 3D kind of like uh, two, two stick shooter Evil Dead mm. uh, which on iPhone which is it's still pretty fun it, it follows I think the original I mean this movie that we're talking about the original Evil Dead uh, so this and of course again earlier the comics too they made Dark Horse an adaptation of Army of Darkness Ash is crossed over in the Marvel comics by fighting the Marvel zombies uh, which is a really cool little mini series with Ash dealing with Spider-Man and Captain America zombies and all the fun that ensues from that happening uh, and of course I mean this movie gave us this franchise gave us Sam Raimi who did the original Spider-Man trilogy Love or Hate Him uh, and of course most recently Oz which still kicking butt at the box office gave us Bruce Campbell the greatest B-movie actor of all time mm-hmm. uh, you know and, and, and heavily influenced me so the legacy of this franchise is you know it's it's re- I, I, it's still technically a trilogy because there's not an Army Darkness 2 yet uh, but you know to me this is one of the, the we talked we were talking I think about Back to the Future about tri- you know, Holy Trilogy still because Star Wars technically isn't a trilogy anymore uh, you know Ian Jones isn't a trilogy anymore. Back to the Future still a trilogy uh, this is a g- a perfect one to add to that list. The Evil Dead trilogy is still a trilogy. Remakes don't count as a insta- You know, as affecting a trilogy in my opinion. You know, an original. It's this is separate from the original. Yeah. Uh, and whatnot. So, it works for me. But yeah. So Evil Dead is alive and kicking. Just more so now than ever.
1: You're gonna go see it. Oh yeah. Opening day. I'll
0: go see it at the. I was gonna say midnight, but as we talked about before, there are no midnights. It's a nine o'clock showing on next Thursday. Good dude. So in back home before midnight. Which I love. Mm. Makes it a lot easier, which we talked about before. But that leads us to <laughs> I'm gonna take Jessica. Daniel's wheelhouse uh I, I, I like I told you, I have it written on this paper. I gotta change Sports my I gotta rewind. change my show syllabus. Sports. I'll, just, I'll start over.
1: <laughs>
0: Daniel's Sports Rewind.
1: Thank you. Now, You're uh, welcome. We're gonna get a little bit into something we kind of touched on a little bit uh, last week's podcast on the second release date of yeah, what you talked the more, about. The yeah. wider
0: theatrical release date in 83
1: was April 24th, 1983. A guy born named, I forgot his real name, but he eventually adopted the nickname Chipper Jones, who is a baseball player. Or he's a former base. He retired last year, at the end of last year uh, for the Atlanta Braves. Now, we live in Louisiana. We're in Baton Rouge. Mm-hmm. If any of your podcasts are first time listening or whatnot, so we like our local sports. Like LSU mm-hmm. is our huge thing. We love the Saints. Everybody likes the Saints. We, you know, like the Hornets. right local little. You know, um, back in the early '90s and stuff, I was a huge fan of the Atlanta Braves. David Justice. Yeah, Ron Gant. Like I can name a, a ton of them. What was the pitcher? Greg Maddox, Tom Glavin, Steve, no, Avery. Steve Tom Glavin was the yeah. one I was thinking of. Um mainly because kind of like the Beastmaster. It came on TBS. Yeah. yeah. And I Turner would watch, broadcasting. Yeah. Uh, of course Based Ted out Turner, of Ted, Ted Turner owns the Atlanta Braves. Mm-hmm. So and you could catch maybe 3-4 games a week on TBS. I was I was more of a fan <laughs> of the Atlanta Braves, then the Saints for a little while there when I was mm. little.
0: Well, the Braves were, he- like, I remember, because, mm. of course, we talk about how I collected baseball cards. Yeah. When I was, co- like, kind of when I stopped, or, like, right shortly before I stopped was when, like, Justice was, you know, the, the Braves yeah. were the the big name in baseball. Uh, similar situation. To, like, I would watch the Braves on TBS because, like you said, it came on yeah. TBS. But also, WGN would always play the Cubs games. Exa- and and that was when Mark McGuire was playing for the Cubs. Uh, am I thinking right? Mark like, Mar- Mar- i'm thinking no. of mark grace mark, uh, mark grace yeah mark yeah. grace uh andre dawson yeah there's yeah. one other one that i liked on the cubs i was really famous Sosa
1: played for the cubs but
0: i don't think it was around that if he was he wouldn't in that time but yeah but similar yeah. exactly yeah. the same thing like i would you know i hate baseball terry. now but i'd watch you know the cubs play oh yeah. there's an andre dawson hell yeah
1: yeah i could like it's so weird like sid Bream, mark blouser mark lemke jeff blouser excuse me terry pendleton just all these names you're mm-hmm. like what yeah it's because it's they were for the Braves, and I got to watch the Braves all the time. I really enjoyed it. Chipper Jones was There's more... There's a laundry. Yeah. Was he's still more alive. A... I'm sorry
0: to cut you off. I just wanted to see if he's, he's still kicking. I don't uh, see I a dead. I think day. so. Hell yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> um, He's not that old. Well, um, 58.
0: 58. In baseball years, that's like 72. It's not that old.
1: John no. Amos is alive. I know that. Yeah,
0: thank God. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think he was born in 32, if I looked at it right. Jeez. Or 42. Um. It then got off. Oh, Chipper Jones came <laughs> towards like the end of kind of when I was watching the Braves all the time. Eventually, they started playing less of the Braves on TBS until now they hardly do any. But uh, it just something brought me back, back to the old uh, early '90s yeah. where I started watching TV and movies. Well, yeah, and like stuff you said, like you
0: know, TBS would play a block TBS of shows, and then usually if there was a Braves game on, it would come on shortly after.
1: Yeah. a lot of my childhood was TBS
0: yeah. definitely TBS like not so I mean I don't watch it anymore like yeah. per se because I don't watch too much actual I, I have a DVR so I just record what I want to see but I mean like growing up I mean USA TBS WGN uh, the family channel for a while because they had like Bucky O'Hare and Dino Saucers, and but they I mm-hmm. uh, always had watched the family channel because they would play the Batman 19, the 1960s Batman TV show with Adam West like they would play an hour of it every day <laughs> and I'd usually flip back and forth between that and say by the Bell my my like the recall button on the TV would be TBS and Family Channel, After School, <laughs> yeah, like, awesome
1: awesome times. Gotta thank TBS. Oh yeah, spent up many a time yeah, the
0: Beastmaster that. station.
1: Gotta respect <laughs> it. But that was Daniel's sports. We,
0: uh, <laughs> I'm just gonna shut up. I'm gonna keep saying the wrong thing.
1: <laughs> sports, sports rewind. rewind. <laughs> awesome. Right.
0: Thank you, Daniel. But thank you, everybody, for listening. Hope you enjoyed this. Go out and support the Evil Dead remake. Uh, I'm saying that having not seen it, sight unseen. But it looks pretty good as far as remakes go. So I'm definitely going to see it, as you probably could have guessed. Uh, Come back next week for the conclusion of the Evil Dead trilogy. We'll be going over Evil Dead 2 and throwing an army of darkness in there to round it out. So Daniel could see the entire entire story. Because this is only the beginning with Evil Dead 1. So... Come back next week. Check that out. And of course, if you need to contact us for any reason, if we said something stupid, something wrong, I put my foot in my mouth, blah blah blah. There's always that email address, which is 80sRevisited at gmail da, 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 dot com. Uh, so send, drop us a line. Let us know what you think, and so forth, forthwith, whatnot, vis-a-vis. But also you just don't want to email but you want to see what's up you can check us out on facebook at awesome podcast network we post some stuff on there from time to time about the upcoming movies usually like cover art or some funny pictures and stuff like that keeping it real and then also on the twitters where uh a couple of weeks ago jesse actually live tweeted not on the awesome podcast network one but uh, his own he live tweeted howard the duck which uh we need to decide a movie for us to do that with too
1: have to make it twitter
0: yeah, oh, well. <laughs> unless we yeah. just do it through. It's easy.
1: We can do it. We can land tweet through awesome podcasts. Yeah. Like, yeah. You could just do it through there. Yeah, it'd be right yeah. there. On, yeah, that'd probably be easier,
0: actually. Yeah. Just could you be logged in from multiple and just, yeah. mm-hmm. just put, you know, dash D. to be that he's talking. There you go. Sweet. That's what, see, you're
1: Just God, you're so smart, Daniel. <laughs>
0: Damn it. <laughs> yeah, but uh, on Twitter, everybody, it's at awesome podcasts. So check it out, and again, tune in next week for the conclusion of the Evil Dead Trilogy. So until next time, everybody, don't read from books you find in old abandoned cabins and come back next week. And I remain Trey Harris.
1: I'm Daniel San Angelo.
0: Jesse Sedgley.
1: Cowabunga! (laughs) Skate. I don't have anything. (laughs) I
0: don't know. I (laughs) I got plenty for next week. Evil Dead 2, so quotable.
1: the awesome podcast network's facebook at facebook.com slash awesome podcast network
0: and follow us on twitter at awesome podcasts